listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. I'm going to talk about something in just a minute that um, is a little bit controversial. It's a little bit controversial. I know none of you can believe that I would possibly talk about something controversial. But by the way, how is the audio? Because I, I don't even have a chance to test it. So somebody give me a heads up in the comments uh, how the audio is today. Because it was kind of a whirlwind coming in and setting everything up today. But anyway, I hope you can hear me well. Um, I'm going to cover something that is kind of controversial. And um, <clears throat> the reason I want to talk to you about it is because it affects even the way we pray. It affects the way that we uh, understand our authority in Christ. So it is important. And as you saw in the title, I'm going to talk to you about uh, angels today. I'm going to talk to you about angels. And um, I'm going to talk about something very specific in regards to angels uh, on the broadcast today. And uh, there's so much goofy stuff, I mean like totally goofy stuff, that's said and talked about when it comes to angels. Um, <laughs> many of you were on, what was it, uh, two weeks ago when I covered that broadcast on angel boards. <laughs> angel boards and uh, all that. I mean it was just, it, there's crazy stuff going on. But today, uh, this is a very important broadcast because in prayer, and as you're understanding your position in the kingdom, it's important to understand what you have the authority and ability to do as a believer. And uh, so I'm going to talk to you about this <clears throat> in the broadcast today. So take a minute, if you will, and share it. Uh, let me just say also quickly that for every person that's partnering with us this month, $85 or more, I'm going to send you this powerful book, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power by A.A. A. Allen. This was a ministry-changing revelation for him and uh, for me and for many other people. This book will change your life. And then, of course, as you know, everybody that's sewing $1,000 or more uh, in this month, we're going to be sending you that Genuine Leather Life Application Study Bible. I'm thinking about doing a, uh, a video soon that I'll just post to YouTube about um, how to choose a Bible translation. If you guys saw... Maybe I'll pop the the um, the poll results up tomorrow on the broadcast. I was asking what you guys prefer in your Bible reading, um, and one of the things that I'm I'm becoming more aware of is that people don't necessarily understand um, what goes into their Bible translation, and there are wonderful English Bible translations that we have. And then there are some we have that are complete train wrecks. <laughs> and so the more I, I'm interacting with believers, the more I'm realizing that it needs to be talked about. And uh, it's not talked about often enough, in my opinion. And it is important because God's word is the preeminent element in the body of Christ. It's the most powerful thing in the universe. In Psalm 138 and verse 2, the Bible says, the psalmist wrote, God has magnified his word above his name. And so it is important what Bible translation you use. I don't get weird and crazy like some of the, you know, King James only people that don't even believe. Well, I won't get into that. There. I, I could go off on a tangent. But it is important what kind of a Bible you use. And uh, there are some things that are out there. Just keep this in mind. Bible translations is big money. I mean, it's big. It's the best-selling book of all time. And if you come out with another translation that this, so, supposedly this is the one we've all been waiting for, we've captured the true words of Jesus in this translation. You've never seen anything like it. It's I mean, it, it's big money for people. And so there are some that are just really money makers. But uh, I want to uh, I'll want to do that soon because I do know that people need to know more about it. So we're going to cover that soon. But today, I want to get into this and talk about um, this thought about angels and what you may not know or understand about angels. Um, I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1 is where we're going to start. And um, 
I want to talk about this because I've had many conversations with ministers about it. Um, I have, I've studied it in the word. Um, I've listened to what other ministers have said and taught about it. Yes, Colin, we will pr pray for your sister-in-law, Abigail, <clears throat> and the baby that's going to be born. Absolutely. Um, but this is important. And um, I'm going to read to you Hebrews chapter 1, and then I want you to kind of see the context of the first chapter of Hebrews. Obviously, we're talking about the supremacy of Jesus as we start the book of Hebrews. But I want you to see this because it's so very important because it begins to talk about angels in this chapter. So I'm reading from the ESV and I'm going to start with verse one and I'm going to read all the way through verse 14. And so I want you to listen to this. Very important. The Bible says long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. That's important, by the way. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Now, let me stop there and show you what the, the scripture is saying here. That after Jesus completed the redemption act and made purification for our sins, the Bible says that he sat down at the right hand of the Father, or the majesty on high. That's verse number three. So understand that he was raised up, according to Ephesians uh, we know that he was raised and seated at the right hand of the father. And the Bible says he became much superior to angels as the name he's inherited is more excellent than theirs. Now let's go to verse five. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? Today, I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Verse 6, and again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Verse 10. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. And look at this. And to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Verse 14, very important. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Okay. So, <clears throat> just in case you're wondering what about angels I'm going to talk about in this broadcast, it's one very controversial subject, and it is this. Can believers command angels? Can believers command angels is the main question. I want you to write it in the comments section. Can believers command angels? This is a very interesting thought and say, well, what does that matter? It does matter because if you've heard, if you've ever heard um, the way that many Pentecostals or Charismatics pray, you may hear us say, uh, Lord, we send angels now, you know, or, or something like that. Or uh, we command our angels to go and, and get the harvest and bring it back to us. 
And so <clears throat> if you hear us pray like that or hear someone pray like that, you might, if you don't understand, you might think, well, who does he think he is? Who does she think she is commanding angels? Only God can command angels. Only God can speak to angels. Only God can do that. And so that's the thought that I want to talk to you about today. Because if you can't do it, then we should never, ever pray like that. We should never use that kind of wording in our prayers if it's not possible for believers to command angels. If it's not, we should never do it. But if we can, because here, I want you to see this. It's not irrelevant because you see that the writer of Hebrews says in the 14th verse, angels are ministering spirits that are sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you inherited salvation? Are you a Christian? Because if you are a Christian, then you have inherited salvation. And if you have inherited salvation, then angels are ministering spirits sent out to serve for your sake. According to the 14th verse of Hebrews chapter 1. Angels are ministering spirits sent out to serve for your sake. The sake of those who've inherited salvation, that's you and I. And so I want to start there because one of the things the first chapter of Hebrews does is it contrasts the preeminence of Jesus Christ to angels. It, that's what I just read to you, all 14 verses. It starts with the supremacy of the Son of God, which is Jesus, and talks about the fact that he has become much superior to angels. Now, it was talking about from him going as his human form on the earth, dying on the cross, and then being raised up from the dead and then raised into heaven. As you can see, where it says that he came and uh, having set, being, being seated at the right hand of the majesty and became much more superior to angels because of the name that he inherited. So Christ... Uh, obviously, he's always been more superior than angels since the beginning of time. He was God and is God. John chapter 1 tells us that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jump down the page and you'll see, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So one of the things that Jesus had to do was put off many of those divine uh, attributes to become a man and die on our behalf. You say, well, wasn't he God on the earth? He was. He was God, but there were certain things he put off, the Bible teaches. For example, Jesus did not have all knowledge while he was a man on the earth. There were things he did not know while he was a man on the earth. Some of his divine attributes he put off so that he be could become a man in the flesh and take your place on the cross, take your punishment, suffer and die, and then he could be resurrected. So yes, he was God. The Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Yes, he was God on the earth. However, uh, he put off some of those divine characteristics to go through life as a human being as we are. So now what Hebrews 1 is saying is, is that after his death, burial, and resurrection, he was raised into heaven and seated at the right hand of the majesty and has inherited a name that is much more excellent than theirs. Now, then the writer of Hebrews begins to contrast Christ and angels. And then this is what he says in verse 5. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? Today I've begotten you. Well, none of them. No angel is a son of God. No angel can sing redemption's song. No angels have been redeemed. Only we have been redeemed. And so the angels <clears throat> are not called the sons of God. They're not sons of God. In fact, this is making the exact point. To which of the angels did God ever say, you're my son? Or again, I'll be to him a father and he'll be to me a son. And then, uh, if you keep on going down, you'll start to see that, they, I mean, they continue to contrast, the writer continues to contrast Christ with angels. 
And so angels are not the sons of God. But Christ at the time was the only begotten son of God. I want you to see that because it's very important as we talk about this. Now, let me just give you something right up front. There is no, there is no scriptural evidence or picture. We don't ever see in scripture a human commanding an angel. We don't ever see that. We don't ever see a human telling an angel to go do something or uh, we see God doing it often. We see now what we do see is angels answering the prayers of God's people. So, for example, Peter is captured and put in prison, the book of Acts. And as Peter's in prison, and most likely they were going to kill him the next day because they saw how it pleased the Jews. And so, while Peter is in prison, he's actually asleep between two guards, the church is praying in a house. And they're praying fervently for Peter's deliverance. Well, what does God do? An angel responds to their prayers. And an angel shows up at the prison, shakes Peter awake, causes the doors to supernaturally come open, and leads Peter out of the jail, out into the city, and to the house where the believers are praying. So we do see the prayers of believers activating deliverance through angelic power. We do see that in scripture. And so I want to make something known to you today. As you're reading Hebrews, keep keep this phrase in mind. To which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? That's an important phrase in this discussion. Because though he called Jesus his son, remember this, all of us who have become Christians have now become the sons of God. Remember this, this is very, very important. And I want you to write it in the comments. We have become the sons of God. Put that in the comments. We have become the sons of God. Now, let me show that to you in scripture. The gospel of John chapter one and verse 12. I want you to see this. This is the gospel of John chapter one and verse 12. Actually, I'll start reading with verse number 11. He came, this is speaking of Jesus. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Or one translation says sons of God. So I want you to catch this with me today is that because you're a Christian, according to the gospel of John, if you received Christ by faith, and believed in his name, he gave you the right to become a son of God. So we have become the sons of God. Very important to know that. We have become the sons of God. Paul the apostle refers to it as the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption. That's an important phrase there. The spirit of adoption. What does that mean? Well, Paul in Romans chapter 8, we can go there. Paul in Romans chapter 8 is speaking about the fact that Gentiles have now been grafted in to the family of God. Though we weren't born as God's children, we've been added to the family. That's so powerful. We've been added to the family. And so I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 8. And it's talking about the fact that we are heirs with Christ. We are heirs with Christ. I'll start reading with verse number 12. And uh, we'll go through verse number 17. Romans 8 verses 12 through 17. Listen to this. So then brothers, 
We are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if you live by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body and you'll live. Verse 14, for all who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. Do you see that? Verse 14, everyone who's led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of of God. Verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. So notice what Paul the Apostle's teaching. It's not just John. John taught to as many as believed on his name, he gave power or the right to become the sons of God. John taught it. Now Paul's teaching it to the Roman church. He's saying that by the spirit of adoption, We've become sons and we cry, Abba, Father. And I love this. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So catch this. We are God's sons. This blows people's minds to hear it. But Jesus is no longer the only begotten son of God. He was at the time it was written, but now it's no longer the case. Because of John 1, 12, as many as believed on his name, he gave power or the right to become his sons. So we are all the sons of God. Now, this is important because as we go back to look at Hebrews chapter one, it starts to open up your mind and understanding about your position in heaven. And we're going to go in a moment to Ephesians chapter one, but this opens up your understanding about your position in heaven that you are no longer the human that you used to be. You're no longer the mere human that you used to be. Now you are a supernatural being. Did you ever think about that? You're no longer just a human. You are a supernatural being. There's my father, Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. Love you, Dad. Love you, Mom. So you look at this, you're now a supernatural being. So understand, that's what Paul was teaching the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So I want you to catch this. You are not merely human anymore. You've been added to the family of God. Look what Paul said. He's speaking to the Corinthians. Um, and he's, look at this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I want you to see this with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, Paul says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. And even now you're not ready. Verse three, for you are all still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? I love that. Now stop right there. What was Paul saying? What was Paul saying? He was saying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring you up into maturity in Christ. However, Aren't you behaving in only a human way? Do you catch that? It's Paul saying to them, why are you still acting like humans when you're no longer merely human? I'm going to say that again in case you didn't catch it. Paul's telling this church in Corinth, why are you acting like mere mere humans when you're no longer merely human? Go to verse four. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What Paul's saying here is, stop acting like you're a mere human. You're no longer merely human. 
You are supernatural beings. You are sons of God. Start to act like supernatural beings. You're no longer what you used to be. We're closer to alien now than we are human because the world is no longer our home. Heaven is our home. We are aliens in a foreign land. That's why we're called ambassadors of Christ. An ambassador leaves their home nation, goes to a foreign nation, lives at the embassy, and represents the uh, agenda of their home nation in the foreign land. That's what we're doing. That's all we're doing as believers. We are representing the agenda of heaven on the earth. That's why Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Father, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are the agents of change that bring God's agenda into action in the earth. For example, let me give you an example. Is there any sickness in heaven? That's a great question. Is there any sickness in heaven? No, there is no sickness in heaven. So when you're laying your hands on the sick and seeing them healed, what are you doing? You are enacting heaven's agenda here in the earth as an ambassador of that nation. You have authority and power to enact the agenda of heaven here on the earth. And that's what we're called to do as sons of God. Why? The spirit of adoption has brought us into the family of God. Something that was impossible to do in the natural, but Jesus caused it to happen through his redemptive process. And now we're children of God. Now we're children of God. And so I want you to see this. <clears throat> yes, that's true, Caroline. God men. That's right. And that's I'm getting to that in a moment. I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. This will really open your eyes. If you see Ephesians chapter 1, um, this is a powerful thought. The question, again, that we're covering today is, can Christians command angels? Do we have authority to have angels do what they're actually created to do, minister on behalf of those who have inherited salvation? Do we have the ability and the authority to do that? Well, the real question we'd have to ask ourselves at this point is, does Jesus have the authority to command angels? Does Jesus have the authority to command angels? Go to Ephesians 1. And I want to show you something. That will open up your, your thought process on this. Look, let's go down to uh, verse 16. Paul here praying for the church in Ephesus. And he says, I do not, I'm starting with verse 16, by the way. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Verse 19, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? according to the working of his great might, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Watch this. Far above, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but that which is to come. Look at this. Now, here's where I want you to focus in. Verses 22 and 23. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. You see this. <laughs> you see what's happening here. Christ 
is the head of the church. Christ is the head of the church. But notice what it says. The church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So now you start to put all the pieces together. I'm a son of God. I'm no longer human. I am a new creature. Here, Christ is the head, but I am his body. So the, the scripture here is telling us <clears throat> that the church is Christ's body. And we know that we call, we call each other the body of Christ. We, we say that almost, you know, um, <clears throat> we say it almost like it's become cliche. Well, this is the body of Christ. But did you ever think of it? I am actually <clears throat> a part. You are actually a part of the body of Christ. You are part of Christ, which means you are Christ. You ever think of that? If I introduce myself, you've heard me use this analogy. If I introduce myself to you, I don't say, hey, nice to meet you. My head's name is Ted and my body's name is George. I don't, I don't do that. Because my head and my body are one and the same person. I don't, I don't walk up to somebody and say, hey, it's good to meet you. My name's Ted. On, my head is Ted anyway. My, my torso is George. My arms are Luke and Jimmy. You know, nobody does that. Because they're not all separate entities. They are all parts of the same body. They are parts of the same body. And this passage is telling us the same thing, that he made Christ to be the head over all the things to the church, the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So we are the fullness of Christ on the earth. We are the fullness of, of, of him. I want you to put it in the comments section. I am the fullness of Christ. I am the fullness of Christ. And then, of course, I took you to Ephesians chapter 2. The Bible says, but God being rich in mercy, verse 4, because of the great love which he loved us with, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved and has raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you see that, that we have been raised up. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. Why is that important? Well, the reason it's important is because if we were to go back to where we started, which is Hebrews chapter 1, that's where we began the broadcast today, which the, the writer of Hebrews is asking this question, verse 5, for to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? Today I've begotten you. None of them is the answer. He's not said that to any of the angels. Or again, I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. He's not said that to any of the angels. Let's go further. What about verse 13? This is huge. Catch this because of what I just read to you in Ephesians 1 and 2. And to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand? until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. He's never said that to any angel, but he said it to Christ. And guess what? According to Ephesians chapter one and two, God has said that to us, the body of Christ. He has raised us up and seated us with him. Where? far above all principalities and powers and rulers and dominions and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and made him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, we fill it all in all. Talking about the relationship of Christ and his body, us, in heaven. So we are seated on thrones. Do you know we're the only other beings in the universe to ever be promised thrones? Ever. I won't get into this, but it's one of the reasons that I don't believe the church will ever be on the earth for any part of the tribulation whatsoever. Because in, if you read the book of Revelation, the Bible refers to the 24 elders who are given crowns and are seated on thrones and are singing the song of redemption. 
Well, they're only people, the only people in all of history that that could be referring to is church age believers. That's it. Not even Old Testament saints. Church age believers. No angels have ever been given crowns. No angels have been seated on thrones. No angels can sing redemption song. The 24 elders in the book of Revelation are representative of the body of Christ in heaven while the tribulation is going on on the earth. They're the only other believers. We are the only other beings, believers, that have ever been promised crowns, thrones, and can sing redemption song. Angels aren't redeemed. We are. So you understand, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And listen to me, if we are his body, then we are him. (laughs) I mean, it's like, you know, I always tell people this. I have a three-year-old son. You know, if I were to go play hide and seek with him, and I say, all right, now you go hide and I'm going to count. And Teddy goes and, and hides somewhere in the house. You know, he might, you know, maybe he, maybe he can't, uh, he has no more patience anymore. He can't stay. So he grabs a door like this with his hands and starts to peek around the door to see if daddy's coming. Well, if all I see are his fingers on the door, I can, can I not point to that and say, there's Teddy. There's Teddy. You can't argue and say, well, what you see is not really Teddy. What you just see is his fingers. Well, aren't his fingers him? Yes. His fingers are him. His toes are him. His stomach is him. I can point at those fingers and say, there's Teddy. Why? Because his fingers are him. Paul makes this argument uh, in, in in the New Testament as he's writing about the body of Christ, members in particular. You can't, if you're, if you're the eyes, you can't say to the ears, I don't need you. You need eyes and you need ears. Just because you have a nose, you can't say to your mouth, I don't need you. You need a nose and a mouth. It's all part of you. And because of that, no matter what part of the body you are, you are Christ. If you're his body, you are him. That's the whole revelation Paul got. Pauline revelation is the in Christ uh, reality. The I am in Christ. I am with Christ. If you go through the letters of Paul, you'll find that phrase many times. In him, through him, with him. I am crucified with Christ. I am buried with Christ. You you understand. So you understand this with me that um, one of the things we have to get is if we are part of the body of Christ, then we are Christ. And if Christ can command the angels, then because we are in him, we have the same authority he has. If I'm in Christ, in fact, if you're watching me right now, I want you to put this in the comment section. I want you to write it like this. If I'm in him, then I have his authority. If I'm in Christ, I have his authority. So very important. If I'm in Christ, then I have his authority. Pop that in the comments section. Thanks, Zach. If I'm in Christ, hallelujah, I have his authority. Pop that in. If I'm in Christ, I have his authority. Now, let me take you quickly to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. I'll kind of finish around this uh, area here. Now listen to this. Now this, obviously, what I'm getting ready to read to you is before Jesus' crucifixion, before his death, before his resurrection, before his ascension. So he's still on the earth as in the form of a man. Of course, he's God, but he's in the form of a man. Listen to this. Matthew 26, verse 47. I'll read down through 
53. While he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I kiss is the man, seize him. And when he came up to Jesus at once and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him, Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you came to do. Then they came up and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Now look at verses 52 and 53, very important. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back into its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Verse 53, very important. Do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? And he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels. But how then should the scripture be fulfilled that it must be so? He's saying, I need this to take place so that I can complete redemption's plan. But you don't think that I can talk to my father right now and he'll send 12,000 legions of angels right now. Jesus had the authority even in his man status to call the father And he would send 12 legions of angels. Think about that. In just one moment's time, 12 legions of angels. And that was before his glorification. That was as he was still a man on the earth. Think about it. And so you start to realize this. Thank you, Linan. You start to realize this, that even before his glorification, even before his ascension, even before his seating on the throne, This is when he was still. Now, think about, just stop and think about this. This is still when he was, as the Bible says, a little lower than the angels. A little lower than the angels. He took on the form of a man and was a little lower than the angels, the Bible says. But not for long. Because then he was resurrected, ascended into heaven, was given a name that's above every other name, and seated at the right hand of the Father in majesty, and now rules and reigns. And we're seated with him. We're part of his body. We are Christ, and we have his authority. We have his power. We can speak on his behalf. Now, one one caveat I want to give you here. Obviously, we cannot ask angels to do things that are contradictory to the word of God because they answer to the word of God. They would never listen to what we have to say in a carnal mindset and do something that contradicts God's commands or his words. So you can't ask angels to take out your neighbor who keeps hitting your car every time he comes out of his driveway. It's not going to come to pass. It's not going to work. So understand, what it's the same thing with prayer. When you pray... Your prayers have to line up with God's word or God won't answer the prayers. God honors his word. He honors his word. So you have to to pray things that are according to his word, obviously. And the same with angels. Angels are, and I'll start where I, I'll, I'll finish where I started, Hebrews 1. Go back to Hebrews 1. I know Sean's disappointed about that. You can't have angels take out your neighbor that ticks you off. The Bible says angels are ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation. So they're servants. That's all they are. They're servants. They're not higher than us. They don't rule us. All they are is servants. What kind of servants? Servants sent out to serve for the sake of those who have inherited salvation. That's me and that's you. Understand this today. Angels are servants of people who have inherited salvation. You're a son of God. I'm a son of God. Not not only am I a son of God, I am the body of Christ, which means I am Christ on the earth. I am Christ. It would help help for people to to, to put this into their spirit. Put it into your uh, comment section where you're watching from. I am Christ on the earth. Put that in the comments. I am Christ 
on the earth. So very important. So vital. I am Christ on the earth. That is that if you don't if you don't get that, you will miss out on your authority. You'll miss out on what God's asked you to do, called you to do, and think that you have to take life as it comes. Write it in the comments. I am Christ on the earth. I am Christ on the earth. You can't be a part of his body and not be him. You can't. You can't be a part of his body and not be him. It's impossible. It's impossible. I am Christ on the earth. I am anointed and appointed to do the works Jesus has done. John 14, 12. Jesus himself said, the works that I do, you will do also, and greater works than these, because I'm going to be with my Father. Meaning he was going to send the Holy Spirit who would empower us to be his witnesses. And so I want you to see it with me today. That's it. Keep writing it. I am Christ on the earth. I am Christ on the earth. That's it. I am Christ on the earth. So very important that you catch this. So vital. So vital. I don't believe that it's wrong for any believer to send angels. Because of this fact that I'm teaching you today, you are the body of Christ. You are a son of God. You are an heir according to the promise. What Jesus has, you have. That'd be another great thing to write, to put in your spirit. I have what Jesus has. I have what Jesus has. Very important thought. Very important thought. So listen, today, I want you to understand this, that as a believer, you have the ability to speak with the authority of Christ. And if Christ has the ability to uh, command angels, then you as a believer, as part of his body, as a son of God, have the ability to command angels. No question about it. No question about it. And so I want you to understand this today. It's not unscriptural for you to engage angels who are ministering spirits in the plan of God for your life, in your purpose. Angels are protecting you. They're helping you. They're guiding you. Uh, you know, you, you study scripture as, as the Peter, uh, excuse me, as Peter was able to leave the prison, the angel, uh, guided him out, opening doors, moving obstacles out of the way for him, opening gates for him. We're led by the Holy spirit, but angels are working on our behalf. We're not led by angels. We're not, uh, we don't make life decisions waiting for an angel to speak to us. That's that that would be heretical. <laughs> That's how other uh, you know religions have have been started. You know, well, an angel spoke to me and gave me the no angel doesn't. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. The Holy Spirit leads us and guides us. But angels are ministering spirits that are helping us. And so I, I want you to understand that from the uh, at the end of this broadcast today is that you have the ability to engage angels by prayer and your authority in Jesus Christ. I know many of you, you have prayer requests. You're believing God for things to change, for things to turn around. I'm believing with you. I'm asking the Lord that he would uh, bless you, touch you, heal you, change your family. That's going to be your story in this year of 2020, violent increase, expedited favor. So let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you now to touch every man and every woman listening to the broadcast. Whatever it is they're believing for, healing, deliverance, financial increase, household salvation, whatever it is, let it quickly come to pass this year in the mighty name of Jesus. Quickly, before half the year is over, as you promised us, Lord, let all new goals have to be set because our prayers are already answered by June 30th in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you for it. Now we send angels ahead of us, moving obstacles out of the way bringing back our harvest, those that have sowed and been faithful to do what the word of God says. Lord, we thank you that increase is quickly coming to us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. 
Amen. Listen, here at the end of the broadcast, let me encourage you to sow a seed by faith into this ministry. There's some of you today that have already sown seed. Thank you for sowing. Thank you for sowing into the kingdom of God. There's many ways you can do it. Very easy to sow. You can, number one, go to miracleword.com, miracleword.com, and you can sow a seed right there uh, on the website or partner with us. Um, those of you that are listening on the podcast, right in the description, you can scroll up right in the description of the podcast. There's a link that you can click that will take you directly to uh, where you can sow a seed on the website. And then, of course, if you like to use an app to give, uh, we take PayPal as well as Cash App, Venmo. Uh, there's many ways to give. The PayPal is paypal.me forward slash miracle word. And then Cash App and Venmo, the username is MW Give. MW Give. We appreciate you guys so much. For everybody that's partnering with us at $85 or more this month, we're going to be sending you this awesome book by A.A. Allen, The Price of God's Miracle Working Power. This book is phenomenal. And then, of course, those that are partnering at $1,000 or more this month, we're going to be sending you this beautiful, genuine leather life application study Bible uh, in the New Living Translation. I love this study tool. It's phenomenal. Cannot wait to get it to you. I love you guys so much. Sorry about the internet connections today. Uh, they were telling me even before I started the broadcast that the internet was having problems here at the church. And so we got cut off a couple times and I'm sorry about that, but I love you. And uh, we'll be back again tomorrow, 1030. Listen, I'm here in Michigan until Wednesday night at Lakeside Assembly of God. And then I'll be at Gateway as well in Imlay City, Michigan. Uh, it's going to be phenomenal. I can't wait. I want to see you. If you're anywhere close, get here. All details are at MiracleWord.com on the schedule page. And then uh, we're going to be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 7 p.m. If you can't join us in person, we'll be live on Facebook. We love you guys so much. Have a powerful day. And I'll talk to you again very soon. Bye. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.